Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Steve Rosenblum. We suck so your self-quarantine doesn't have to. Mark Grody. I think there will be lasting derivatives of this once we get through it, and hopefully we will, um, with minimal damage that um, people will be more aware, honestly, of washing their hands and um, and apparently wiping. Apparently wiping. They suck, so you don't have to. They can do what they have to do. They know what they have to do. Now they don't have any problem getting it done. Founding members of the WB Club. Wake and bake. Come on. Where's Toby? So I'm practicing, you know, social distancing and... I have a few tips for everybody, you know, you know, no sharing pipes or joints, things like that. The three words that describe this show, and I quote, stink, stank, stunk. It's Saturday suckage on the score. We should be 670 WSUK. Good morning and welcome in. This is Saturday Suckage and the White Sox are right here for you. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Grody, we're broadcasting live from Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. And Mark, I would just advise the White Sox to recall the advice of baseball savant Dean Wormer. Fat or bad, gutless and stupid is no way to go through a pennant race. How are you, Mark? <laughs> that is just well. all kinds of crap. Yeah, you're better oh. than White Sox, aren't you? Well, there's a couple things here. One thing we know still, no matter how fashionable bat flips are and accepting they are and how much people are shamed Cat, drunk these days. Drunk and stupid is no way to go through life, so. Right. That's right. See? People are shamed if you don't like bat flips. And it's usually the, the older generation that doesn't like them. But what we know, Steve, what we know still and what was confirmed yesterday, that pitchers still hate bat flips. And um, pitchers are old school, even though they are, on average, about 26 years old. Pitchers hate bat flips. Jimmy Cordero doing his guy a solid Dylan Cease by 
throwing at Wilson Contreras. It was stupid, but we do know that pitchers hate bat flips, so it's not for everybody. I uh, do you think Ricky ordered the code red? Mm. I think Ricky allowed the code red to occur. I would yeah. say. See, nobody you believed know? Cordero. Nobody believed Cord. Did you believe Cordero? Did you believe Renteria? Did you believe either of them no. when they denied all this? No. Come on. So that's they have to deny it because you don't. I mean, everybody they know. That everybody knows they did it, but you have to to go through the charade, and this is the way it's always done. You can't just say you threw at the guy until you're 10 years out of the league. Then you could talk about those things. It's like when you know you're growing up and you do stupid things that your parents don't know about. There's a 10-year rule. You got to wait 10 years to tell your parents about it. Then it's funny, and then it's cute. And yeah, exactly. Remember that one night I was drunk that one night, Um, right? So you that. That's the way it works. These guys don't talk about those real things. They have to go through the charade. And there's no reason to get mad at Jimmy Cordero for lying because we all know that he's lying. He knows that we know he's lying. Liar, it's all good. Liar, plants for hire. He knows that we know that he knows that there's a lie going on here. So it's just it's just all part of the charade that goes on when there is this <laughs> yeah. sort well, of he- situation. It's like gutless, and the whole idea that it's old school, tough guys, you never played the game, you don't know what it's like. You're right, I never played the game. But I know that throwing a 98-mile-an-hour object uh, weapon at somebody who's defenseless is as gutless as it gets, as stupid as it gets. And if you're just such a tough guy about that, just admit you did it, okay? Mr. Tough Guy, I did this, I threw it at him. So you've got all of this bad, they've lost... Six in a row. They've gone from first place to the second wild card. This is, you've, you've, you've lost, you've plummeted so quickly. They're still in the playoffs. And I guess you would have taken that, as Rick Hahn said earlier on Inside the Clubhouse, you would have taken that at the beginning of the year. How they got there is just particularly ugly. We're at a point today where Dane Dunning will take the mound and the White Sox could get a no-hitter out of Dane Dunning and he could still lose the game or at least leave with no decision. That's where the White Sox are. And what makes yesterday so maddening is best expressed by, you know, arguably the greatest White Sox player ever, Frank Thomas, on NBC Sports Chicago with Ozzie Guillen alternately curled up in the fetal position or you expect (laughs) him to start wielding weapons Anyways, here's Frank. After the White Sox lost 10 to nothing on their own field for the sixth straight time in the last weekend of the regular season. After what happened in Cleveland to this team, to come home to your own ballpark and play like you played tonight is absolutely embarrassing. I mean, this organization's got way more pride than that. You're playing the Cubs. If you can't get up for, for the north side, something's wrong internally inside that clubhouse. It's got to be fixed, but be fixed in a hurry because tonight was absolutely embarrassing. And I'm telling you right now, so many people around the city right now is just fired up and losing their mind. And they're lucky the fans are not in the ballpark right now because I can tell you right now how uncomfortable it would be to play in this ballpark this particular time right now. Dick Duran. That's exactly right. That's that's um, as angry as I as you could see, Frank. Frank just good for really... Frank. I love that. I right. love that Frank there cares. Be more of I, that. 
I mean, this yeah. is a first ballot Hall of Famer who kind of came across as aloof a lot of his career. I was so I watched that live and I was like, somebody say something because Chuck's not saying anything. <laughs> Ozzy's not saying anything. They're all just kind of goofing on it and saying, what do we say here? I don't know what to say. This is really yeah, and then right. Right, right, and then Frank just took over, and and Sox fans needed that. I'm like, somebody say, Frank, thank you. And and the point about the fans not being in the ballpark is huge. That was he said, drop that in at the end. That's huge because you're a team that has been a bright spot for most of the season. You've been interesting. You've been and and especially, by the way, let me correct myself. The Sox have plummeted to the first wild card. Not the second wild card, as I said. Anyways, the the Sox have been such a fun story, and now they're being exposed in a lot of ways. You kept asking, are they good? In this, this, it hasn't just been a truncated season. It has been a kind of season where you're not allowed to play outside your playground. You have to color inside the lines here. It's all central all the time. So when they've played, I mean, you don't know who's good. They beat the Cubs. Well, the Cubs are good. No, the Cubs weren't good at that time. Well, the Indians proved to be good, and the Sox, Sox can't beat them. Now the Sox are behind the Indians and the Twins. Who's good? You don't know, and now they may face it. But they've been an interesting team, and they've been built on let's change the game and Tim Anderson's bat flips, and then then they go all stupid, and they look like the, the biggest hypocrites. And they look like whining little bitches about what went on with with how dare Wilson Contreras fling the bat to the top deck, the upper deck. And well, your guy did it. Your guy made a made an ad campaign out of it. Get him out next time. And by the way, for the Cubs, this isn't all White Sox bad. I want to point this out because Contreras's home run, like several others, they went the opposite field. Schwarber, yeah. Baez, and and Wilson Contreras. And everyone has said, and Ron Coomer has said it on this station when he's guested with, with I remember, with Mully and Haw, you start going the opposite way, you start getting your swing back and your timing back, and now they're hitting home runs and they went to the opposite field. That is the, is a, the best sign that came out of last night's Cubs game. Absolutely. That was the Joe Madden way. That's what Joe Madden obsessed over. Every single time the Cubs were in a slump, he said, like, I need that center field, right field approach. I think some of that probably did wear off on David Ross, but you don't hear him throwing that out there as much as Joe Madden did. So Madden would be proud of the way it went. Yeah, I think Baez was the only home run last night that was pulled um, for Baez, who needed that. Um, back to the to, – it's interesting, the psychology of what happened last night – with uh, with Jimmy Cordero, because White Sox fans, to some degree, cornered themselves on this one because they drank and accepted over the last two years, even those who were old school fans begrudgingly said, OK, I've come around on this bat flip stuff. I'm cool that this is fun. That's my team. They're winning. I'm accepting new ways. And now and, and last night had to be excruciating because even the youngest of fans, the newest of school fans, probably just in their gut, hated seeing Wilson Contreras, A, hit the home run, and then B, rub it in the White Sox faces with that immaculate bat flip. And this is one time where they had to just kind of ground themselves and say, okay, take a deep breath. 
This is what we've been preaching for our team. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be a hypocrite. This is on the Sox. And good on White Sox fans for for the most part from what I saw on Twitter. I didn't see a lot of White Sox fans angry at Wilson Contreras. For the most part, they were mad at Jimmy Cordero and what was going on with the White Sox. But that had to be one of those moments that tested the new school patience of a lot of White Sox fans who, again, like I said, were either shamed into accepting the bat flip or begrudgingly did it or just said, okay, this team is winning, this team is cool, I'm down with a bat flip. But I'll bet you in their guts at that moment, they were not into the bat flip at all, and they probably wanted to crush Wilson Contreras just like Jimmy Cordero did. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, you, I can understand being mad and, and going all nuts on, on the whole thing and then snapping out of it and go playing Fortnite because it's more interesting than watching this, this <laughs> bad, gutless, and desperate team. And, you, and what I think we're seeing um, is a group a group dynamic of choking a, 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 based on inexperienced. You start with a manager. I think he's either been kicked out three times in the last five games, trying to light a fire, or he's been kicked out five times in the last three games. I can't figure out which, but none of it has worked. And he's never had to manage games that matter. And earlier in the week when everybody was looking, he decided Carlos Rodon was the answer in a high leverage situation, which he hasn't faced in five years or whatever, instead of Aaron Bummer, the actual guy who's coming back, who you knew needed the work in high leverage situations, who you might actually use in high leverage situations and not act like it's a spring training game. And and of all the things you've seen Ricky Renteria do, that proves to me managers can easily lose more games then they can win. That's where managers really matter when they stay out of the way of the game and he completely mismanaged the bullpen and that scares everybody because they've never seen him manage successfully in any kind of high leverage situation. He's not done it. Look what's happening this week. And then you look at the players. Inexperience in the last week of a season, playoff positioning, capturing first place, living up to all the good things people said about you changed the game. It was real easy to play loose when it was early in the year. And now when, you know, sphincters tighten, you can't score a run in your own park after an, an embarrassing road trip. And that's the way it seems to me that the Sox are experiencing this and can only hope that it turns into something positive next month or next year. Hey, man, I'm all about the Ricky age and that moment that occurred and Carlos Rodon coming in but you're telling me and and there was a weird defensive mechanism that Ricky Renteria used in his post game zoom where a couple times he he said disingenuously you could tell where he said if you want to blame me go ahead and blame me if you want to blame me go ahead and blame me it was that like that angry defensive mode you know blame me I don't care right. the whole world you know Pass, blame passive, me for aggressive yeah, yeah, passive aggressive. That, that's that's what it was. It was the so disingenuous. He may as well not have said it because it made him look worse. However, however, you're telling me that th- that before this game there wasn't a plan laid out from the general manager Rick Hahn. He had to have 
signed off on something like that. I don't know if it was, we want to give Aaron Bummer a clean inning. Uh, we want to, yes, yes, Ricky, we want to we want to see what Carlos Rodon could do because if, if we're going to use Carlos Rodon another time this year, it's going to be in the postseason. It's going to be at high leverage. I don't believe that that was not Rick Hahn huddling up with his manager and saying, yeah, here's one of the possible plans that we'd like to see play out. There's no way that Ricky Renteria is acting alone in this case. And I don't know, wasn't wasn't Rick Hahn in Zoom today? Wasn't he already? Didn't he already do a Zoom? Or was it last night? Because I saw some quotes coming out about the the hit by pitch. Did anybody ask him about Ricky Renteria, and if that was him, if he acted alone, or if that was the blueprint plan. And I don't have a problem. <laughs> there was a second uh, right? shooter. I, yeah, exactly. Look, you're ta- look hey this, guys, is, this we, is the way we, it works these days. We do have audio of, of him talking about that, if you want to hear it. All right, we'll yes. have to play it later. I know we have to take a break, and I, we, we will continue to debate where Rick Hahn, if he's part of this group choke it's gotta or be. Not. It's got to be. They're all, all the way down. It's it's Well, that's just bad thinking, then, if that's the way they wanted to do it. Um, well, yeah. And we'll discuss that later. We need to take a break because we need to tell you what's going on in the rest of the show. And after our break, we'll talk with Cam Ellis of NBC Sports Chicago. We'll talk some Bears. Mark Grody covers the Bears. Mark Grody knows Cam Ellis. We can talk some Bears and see what's going to happen in in Atlanta tomorrow. And by the way, the Bears, they're very much the White Sox. They have a winning record. They've played bad teams. You have no idea how good they are. But if you're playing a bad team, you should expect him to win. I expect him to win tomorrow. They're playing a bad team. The Bears are the White Sox right now until proven otherwise. We'll talk to Cam Ellis about that. And later on at... Uh, 12:20. We'll talk with Evan Altman about the Cubs. 10-0 bat flip. We'll see if uh, Wilson Contreras' bat has come down yet. Evan would know about that, and he'd have metrics on the spin rate of the bat. And 1, 1 p.m. We'll talk with Josh Josh Nelson of Sox Machine. We'll 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 see if he has any teeth left from grinding them. And we've been trying to check in with Lawrence Holmes. I don't know if Loho. We need a wellness check, so we'll see how he's doing. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mark Grody. This is Saturday Suckage, so of course we're talking about the Sox. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other 
other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Team is different. Everyone has their, their own needs and everyone has their own flavors. There's vanilla and chocolate ice cream. Everybody likes different, peop- different people, players for different reasons. That Matt Nagy fight is just the tip of the ice cream cone, as it turns out. (laughs) The most important news that surfaced yesterday comes from our next guest. Here's the tweet. Matt Nagy's go-to ice cream combo is vanilla, chocolate, coffee, mint mint chocolate chip. This is actually true. I am reporting the news to you. That comes from Cam Ellis, our guest on the Alpamani Ford Hotline, Alpamani Ford in Melrose Park. Cam Ellis of NBC Sports Chicago joins us on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. And thank you for that <clears throat> ahem scoop, Cam. Thanks for joining us. Today. You're welcome. It's a little uh, disorienting to be to have hear my tweets read after me, but I, uh, I'm glad I could be of some help to you guys. And can you tell the coach that he needs to be fired for putting coffee, ice cream anywhere? Coffee belongs in coffee. It does not belong on ice cream. It does not belong in a barbecue rub. It does not belong in a mole sauce. Get coffee out of everything except coffee. Can you can you tell him that there'll be people with torches and pitchforks at Hallis Hall if he doesn't change his, his choices? I, I, I'll do my best. I will say I do generally agree with that. Um, I thought it was kind of a weird ice cream combo, but hey, you know, I'm not one to knock other people's ice cream flavors. But that being said, I will knock his. It's weird. Yes, it is. All right, so you made a bold prediction, and you think of all the, the way things have gone in the last two weeks. They're playing the, the, the run-happy Bears are now playing the pass-crappy Falcons, and you have Allen Robinson making it all. You're predicting he's going to make everything better with two touchdowns tomorrow. So... That's the prediction. Splain, Lucy. <laughs> so, I just think that Allen Robinson's too good of a player to have three straight games of pretty poor production. And I, and I think that the Lions, and to an extent the Giants secondary, while not world beaters, are competent enough. I'm not sure you can say the same about the Falcons right now. I, I think this may be the worst secondary they've played so far. Um, and I think there's going to be some renewed focus on getting A-Rob the ball again. He was just sort of, I mean, between being quiet and uh, interception on Sunday, that was probably about as rough a game as Allen Robinson's had with the Bears. So I, this just seems like a, a, a perfect spot for a bounce back game from him um that being said all my bold predictions are never right so don't hold on to that too too tightly but it it does look right now like a good could be a good spot for him to go off 
Hey, just stay bold, man. As long as they're bold, then you <laughs> yeah. will always have that, even if they are wrong. All we're asking is for bold predictions. And Cam, I got to tell you, man, this is the first time in two years plus, and maybe maybe further back, but I'm just going as long as I have been around the team every day. This is the first time going into a game that I can remember that I'm actually more concerned about the Bears' defense in a game as opposed to the Bears' offense. Am I right to have that concern? Uh, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I, do. I, I still look at the players on the defensive side and go, they're so good that I'm not going to be too concerned. But I do get what you're saying because the Falcons' offense is so good, and it's just at a different level than what the Bears have seen. And the Bears have shown through two games to give up a lot of yardage. So yep. at some point you sort of figured that, you know, the DeAndre Swifts of the world aren't going to drop touchdowns in the final minute and the Bears are going to get scored on at some point. So I get what you're saying. Yeah, I would be concerned. I still, you still like a defense, you know, with all the all-pro talent they have to match up with an all-pro talent offense like the Falcons. But I, I, I sort of think this game is going to be in the high 20s, low 30s for both teams. We're talking with Cam Ellis, NBC Sports Chicago. He writes about the Bears uh, along with J.J. Stankovitz. And as long as we're talking Bears defense and bold predictions that never come true, he's got Eddie Jackson um, being part of a defense that's going to score twice tomorrow. Splain, Lucy. <laughs> So I really just wanted to get as long as I could right off the bat so I get cleared <laughs> of all this. Um, I just think that you look at Eddie Jackson's turnovers historically, they come in bunches. And I think he's just due, and that's sort of the way you think someone is about to hit a home run is due, and then, you know, they just pop out in foul territory over by the third base side. But I, after the Giants game – when he probably, you know, he had the one actual touchdown called back, and then if Deion Bush pitches it back and has a second touchdown, I, I just think I just think it's going to happen. There's, it's just a gut feeling that after two, he could have easily got against the Giants. The Falcons are going to air the ball out. They're going to try and test it downfield. I, I just think there's going to be a play to be made there. And Eddie Jackson, I thought it was sort of funny him explaining how simple it was to get into the end zone. It's like, yeah, Eddie Jackson, like, I know you think that. You, you are an all-pro at that. Like everyone else, no wonder Deion Bush couldn't see the field. Like he's not Eddie Jackson. Um, so I, I think there is going to be sort of in the same vein as Allen Robinson. There's going to be chances for him. I think Eddie Jackson is going to have at least one or two chances on Sunday. I think this game, too, Cam, is going to really be a huge test on the the new approach from Matt Nagy, and that has been finally in earnest. He has found a running game, at least through two games, it has looked good. You have a situation, though, in this game where the Atlanta secondary is wretched, um, and you're calling for a big game from Allen Robinson. Do you think that this is the game where he, I was going to say reverts back to passing, but do you think this is a game where he should revert to opening up the passing game and to some degree abandoning the run game, which has looked so nifty through the first two weeks? So I'll hedge here and say no and yes. And what I mean by that is, no, I don't think they should try and, you know, run a spread, you know, option. Do, do you be the Chiefs like, or, or try and be in the 2019 Bears, whoever you want to look at it? 
Um, I do think that they should take more shots down the field. You know, it's sort of they've figured out a way to run the ball effectively and then complement that with passing, but they haven't quite figured out how to complement that with taking shots down the field. So I want to see them roll the dice a little more, whether that's Darnell Mooney, whether that's Allen Robinson. Um, I just want to see, uh, there were a couple of plays in the Giants games when I thought, man, you know, they're pulling the Giants all to one side on these play actions. If they just did a play action, or excuse me, uh, pulling the Giants on these runs, if they pulled a play action and booted it, Mitch out to the other side, there was some space there to make plays. So I want to see them try and establish the run like they have in the first two games and keep the defense honest, but then instead of, you know, 12-yard passes across the middle to Allen Robinson. I want to see him sort of take a shot, test the secondary, test the corners, test the safeties, um, because I think you're going to need to be a little less conservative against the Falcons than you are in, say, the Giants or the Lions. You know what this also is, Cam? This is the the game where you take a shot downfield with Darnell Mooney, because Mooney's been great, yeah. but we haven't seen the go route from him. I think this is where you do that, too. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I think Mooney's kind of earned that. But them talking about, you know, it was Darnell Mooney pass blocking week at Hallis Hall, where I feel like every day we just talked about how good he is at pass blocking, um, which is, you know, old timey football way of earning your stripes. You got to pass block first. It doesn't matter what else you can do, just got to pass block. So I think that, I, I do think that you're right. I, I, if you want to see them just try and chuck it 40 yards down the field and see if he comes up with it because it's been such a lacking part of an offense that I think is sort of functioning far better than it did in either of the two Nagy years. They're just not, you know, they're not scoring. And that is ultimately the end goal. So I get what people are saying. Well, it's not a good offense because they're not scoring. That's true. But I think they're moving the ball better. I think they're putting drives together. I think the play scripts are smarter. It just hasn't translated yet. And so I think that some of maybe taking the shots down the field might help it translate. But then again, you know, maybe they just come out and score 14 points again because that's sort of been the theme of the last two years. So um, it's hard to tell. But uh, you like the idea of it at least. Our guest is Cam Ellis, NBC Sports Chicago. We're talking about the Bears here on The Score, Steve Rosenblum and Mark Grody. Now, the interesting thing about that point, Mark, and that, that one, I want that to be the first play in the script, is mm. the go route from Darnell Mooney out of play action. This is the first time in Matt Nagy's Bears existence that he could open a game with play action and not be laughed at because the Bears have actually established a running game a running reputation. It would seem to be their go-to play. We're going to soften you up. Then we're going to just take what, see what happens. They could open with play action. They could take a shot deep and they could strike immediately based on what, whatever kind of come to Jesus moment Matt Nagy had about the run game. And that's the remarkable turn. That's a remarkable ability Matt Nagy has given himself in using the playbook. So I think that this game presents an opportunity to see whether Matt Nagy can actually coach the game in front of him. What do you think, Cam? I think there's a perfect setup for him being able to coach what, what is happening with his own team, the other team, the game in front of him, and be able to do something about it because he actually has the weapons instead of a, a just a, a mono view of here's my nifty, pretty, shiny place. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And I think the knack on 
Nagy for the last two years has been a sort of a stiff, rigid approach to game planning, even when things aren't exactly going to the game plan. Um, and I think that he deserves a lot of credit for switching the offense because that sort of seems to be what's in vogue across the NFL. I mean, you look at the Ravens, you look at the Jaguars, you look at other teams, and they're sort of abandoning the idea that coach knows best, and it's more of a, hey, let's tailor this around what our players do well. And for the Bears, that's always been, you know, running the football and having sort of mitigating the Mitch Trubisky mistakes and having him sort of complement a functioning running game. So I think he deserves credit for that. But now I want to see, like you were – hinting at is making in-season adjustments. Maybe that means throwing the ball 45 times. Maybe who knows? Maybe that means running the ball seven times as much as Chicago would think. You know, but I want to see, you're right, I want to see more of a tailor to individual defenses, which I think Nagy has the ability to do. Um, but ultimately, at the end of the day, I feel like Bears fans all offseason, they said, we just want a defense and a quarterback that can, you know, get it done. He doesn't need to be fantastic but let's get it done and now we'll win games and so far that's happened exactly as Bears fans have wanted and all of a sudden it's not good enough for a lot of people which I think is so funny um I I think that you'll see Nagy air it out I just think the secondary in Atlanta is just too porous to not try and take a shot early knowing that the run game is there when you need it to but if yeah if you're not going to air it out against the secondary who are you going to air it out against yeah, I mean, their their rookie cornerback is not as good as the Bears' rookie cornerback this year. They have A.J. Terrell, <laughs> the kid out of uh, Clemson, and obviously Jalen Johnson has put on a show for the Bears so far this year. Do you think that what he's done through the first couple of games is sustainable? Do you think that this is, this is who Jalen Johnson is? I guess we don't know who he is yet, but what do you think about Jalen Johnson so far? I, I have been so impressed with Jalen Johnson. Um, I, you know, it's funny. I feel like a week before the game, the you know, the Lions game, we were all talking about how he wasn't going to play and that he was just getting nursed along slowly because of his shoulder. And then in like two days, he was just the starting corner and now is like maybe the best corner on the team. So I, I, I'm very impressed. I do think it's sustainable. You know, I think he's going to get burned at one point just because sure. – Wide, wide receivers are really good and NFL wide receivers are really good and even good corners have bad games so it, the idea that he's going to be a, you know a true shutdown every single game in his rookie year I, I'm not sold on that I, I'm, I'd be a little worried about the Packers games um, if I was Jalen Johnson and the Bears defense but I think this is pretty sustainable he seems to be really good he was drafted with the idea that he'd be a plug and play guy you know he was sort of given a mid-late first-round grade, but then the shoulder stuff made him drop. So I think he's sort of living up to the reputation he has rightfully earned, but I I, I do sort of also think that at some point he's going to get torched. Cam, we appreciate you joining us. The Bears are playing a team, scored 39 points, had zero turnovers, and lost. Before the Falcons did it, teams were 440 and zero when scoring 39 points with zero turnovers since 1933. That's when first team, team turnovers are first tracked. That's according to Elias. So if they can't beat this team, then, I, then just don't come home. And if they do come home with a victory, then we'll continue talking with you because you must be the good luck charm. So thank, Cam, thanks for joining us today. 
Of course. Thanks for having and, me, guys. And we'll listen for more scoops on scoops. And tell them to get the coffee out of there. There's no reason for have coffee ice cream ruining everything. You Stop know, it. Stevie, is, uh, you know, to, to that end, there's a text here that says, Rosie, write on about coffee anywhere but a cup. And it says it's from Barry Kaufman. Is that Dr. Barry Kaufman of WBBM Dr. fame? I, I believe that is Dr. Barry Kaufman. Yes, That's that awesome. is. I love and, Dr. And, Barry Kaufman. And he would know. He's, he's yeah, coffee is coffee, period. And keep your pumpkin smart. You know what? You know what's really angering? And Cam would certainly be aware of this, given that he's an, an ice cream, the investigative ice cream reporter. The fact that it's still summer, it's 70 degrees out, it's hotter than that, and we're doing pumpkin spice stuff, and there's gourds out all over, and I think that it's a reprehensible part of society we're collapsing as a society that we're not even into october and and we're seeing gourds out and this pumpkin spice stuff which starbucks started i think in august this this really needs to stop everybody just stop don't well and uh, steve don't harsh my summer the the dirty little secret about pumpkin spice and pumpkin flavors is they're not that good they're not that good. I, I just, I mean, and maybe it's just a mood that that our bodies get into in the Midwest that we suddenly need pumpkin flavor when it starts to get slightly cooler out. Like our bodies are more fit for pumpkin tint. <laughs> I don't get the whole pumpkin craze. I don't, and I'm glad it only, you know, it's it's like the McRib. I guess it's not good enough to be, or is the McRib around 24/7 now? I don't even know. Is it? Can't. Cam, you, you, your turn to vote on pumpkin, pumpkin spice, and all things unfit for summer weather. So I am I'm not a pumpkin spice person. I'm not a pumpkin person. I will say, though, I am an ice cream year-round person. So, like, I'll walk to Dairy Queen in mid-January and get a blizzard. Like, I'll and happily so. I, I will take ice cream any day of the year, regardless of temperature. Cam, you missed the chance for cloying wordplay to say, I'll walk to Dairy Queen in a blizzard to get a blizzard. Yeah, I should have had more pumpkin spice coffee, and maybe I'd be on the ball with the word play. Yeah, but, uh... there you go. Wow, <laughs> now he's got it. But about bump, thanks, yeah. Cam. Wait, where are we on uh, Shamrock Shakes while we're doing that? Are we all we all oh, like I'm Shamrock out. Shakes? I'm out on Shamrock Shakes too. No, okay. I like mint. So one, I'm good with one mint. to three, I guess. All right. Well, check in on more of um, more of the the um, reluctant the reluctant food critic later. Cam, thanks. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. All right. Cam Ellis, NBC Sports Chicago. <laughs> so this is such, once we get done here, this is such a day, such a weekend. It's such wonderful sportsiness on the score. The Cubs take on the White Sox all weekend long on the score right here, this very radio station that you're getting in your ears. The Wintrust Crosstown Series is presented by Xfinity. Xfinity X5 delivers blazing fast Wi-Fi with no curveballs. And we have Bears programming this Sunday. Sunday, pregame, 9 a.m. till noon. Hub Arkish, Patrick Manley, Olin Krutz. They will be the Bet Rivers pregame show presented by Mail Medical. Then the prop swap post-postgame show. I didn't, I didn't stutter. It's exactly that. The post-post-game show will be presented by PNC Bank with Olin Krutz and Anthony Heron. I love that show. After the Cubs post-game. 
So there you go. A Mark Rohde will be a part of all of it because that's what Mark Rohde does for us because he's a giver, not a taker. Yeah, but I think I, I might own an apology because I'm on the verge of getting canceled here. Um, and that is from the 847, 33-year-old male here. Shut your mouth with your pumpkin spice hate speech. I am <laughs> sorry. I don't want to hate speech on anybody. So, yeah, wow. but enough with the I, pumpkin I got to say, guys, I agree. The pumpkin spice thing is overrated. Oh, it's completely. Just, it's just I don't understand the love for it. I feel like it lacks flavor considering the hype, the hype that it gets. Like I'm much more in on the stuff that we get around winter. Like that stuff's great. And well, it's all peppermint, right? You're yeah, there's more flavor. Guy. At least you're getting more flavor with that. Pumpkin spice is dull. I said it. Move on. I, it's not. There are two, there are several things that I will eat. Um, there are, there are pumpkin spice. Trader Joe's has an item out: the pumpkin spice smashed pretzels, and those are excellent. And then they have pumpkin madeleines that are just delicious. Um, but other things I will largely agree with you. The idea of like, I don't know, pumpkin spice, nuts, walnuts, almonds, whatever. No, don't do that to me. Um, but I love pumpkin pie. I will eat pumpkin ice cream in certain small doses. But um, but I, I have found certain uses for pumpkin spice. This is certainly no, that's good. Riv- riveting stuff. Yeah. Well, and the that's- pumpkin pie has to have lots of cool, cool whip on it so that's whip. the only thing i would did you say, say cool yeah. Whip? yeah cool did you say cool whip yes whip. i did say cool whip um so yeah but anyway we got to take a break here stevie sunshine what's up what's coming up buddy we do you know what i think we wilson Contreras had something to say they plunked wilson Contreras by the gutless white Sox. so we'll we'll hear what wilson Contreras has to say after this i'm steve rosenblum he's mark grody thank you for listening to saturday suckage we suck so you don't have to Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. You put Cool Whip on pie. Pie tastes better with Cool Whip. Say whip. Whip. Now say Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Jimmy's got a strong thinker. I didn't need him to, to you know, do what that ha- The ball got away from him. It was just simply a sinker. He's pitching him in. The ball ran away. We were limited on what we were going to do. I mean, we put Sanchez out there, for goodness sakes. It wasn't something that was uh, expected. Obviously, we couldn't convince it was already done. The ejection was done. We couldn't, you know, convince him. Uh, I know I, I was a little livid and uh, because we're sure of what we were at and, you know, how we viewed it. And uh, But under, understandably, the, the umpires have the judgment on that, and uh, they did what they did. That is uh, Ricky Renteria, manager of BS for the White Sox, talking about Jimmy Cordero's 98-mile-an-hour fastball that drilled Wilson Contreras in the back on the side, drilled him directly, and said, oh, no, we didn't mean to throw at him after he hit that epic home run and an even more epic bat flip that reached the upper deck. I mean, it was in the same shot. It was in the same camera shot as the arc of the home run. So he got good hang time on that bat flip, and, and then he got hit. So Wilson Contreras hits the defining home run of the game, when Cubs went from one nothing to three, four nothing, three run homer, right center. Everybody's getting right by going the opposite way, and then he gets drilled in a game. The Sox are getting wiped out, and pitcher gets thrown out, manager gets thrown out, pitching coach gets thrown out. They all say it's slip, which is just crap. You're gonna be a tough guy and throw a 98 mile an hour weapon at somebody, then just be a tough guy and own up to it. Yeah, I threw at him. 
In the words of uh, the great Ralph Cramden, he knows that we he knows know that, that he we. threw the. I mean, every, it, like he's yeah. he's lying, and he knows we know he's lying, and it's just the whole charade that they have to play that every batter, every pitcher has ever played in the history of. Did you do it on purpose? That will not be admitted until at least ten years after he is retired. So that's right. just the way. Unfortunately, you're right. It's a bold-faced lie, but unfortunately, that's just the way the game is played. Yes, and so here's Wilson Contreras, the HBP in question on getting hit. Well, uh, I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming because uh, I'm going to say because I think the field they respected, which what I did, I have nothing wrong with it. I celebrated with my teammates, and uh, I got pumped up. I mean, I, mean I, I, I wear my emotions below my sleeve, and uh, that was one thing that I did. I have no regrets, zero regrets, and uh, once they hit me, uh, I don't think that was the smartest thing to do because obviously uh, he got right now, probably who, who knows if he gets suspended. And uh, I, I just didn't want to argue anything or to say anything because I know that if we, if I start something like fight, I might get suspended and that's, that's something that I don't want. I was smarter than, than what I did. And uh, I took I took my heel by pitch. It was already over. But, uh, I'm, I'm going to say like, I'm going to keep playing the way I play. I'm not going to change anything. I play hard for my team and uh, I, I always want to do the best for my team. But uh, if they don't like me, that's fine. I don't play for, for other teams like me anyway saying if I have to do it again I would do it again there you go it was just like Tim Anderson so and, and Rick Hahn White Sox GM was on inside the clubhouse earlier and said basically the same thing you don't want a guy to showboat then get him out that's just the way it goes so we have to take a break we are going to make a wellness check we'll continue the Sox talk after this break we have to make a wellness check on somebody and we'll bring that to you at the top of the hour I'm Steve Rosenblum He's Mark Grody. This is Saturday Suckage. Thank you for listening. So we can suck so you don't have to. We're pleasers, not teasers. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.